Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. Today we are going to be talking about how Portland is a hellhole. That's it. That's that's the entire segment. Then Tucker Carlson has a new set of allegations against him, which even if we were to believe his accuser entirely, kind of sound like a nothing burger. I think we're at a point now where the bar for what is considered sexual harassment is pretty much non-existent. But let's start things off with Portland. So Portland is probably one of the most infamous leftist cities, and it's kind of ground zero for Antifa action. Just ask Andy No about that. But the city is now in, I think it's 55th consecutive day of rioting slash protesting following the whole George Floyd BLM movement, which if nothing else is some impressive consistency. I mean, I don't think I've done pretty much anything for 55 straight days. So I guess props where due, but it would kind of be nice if those protesters and rioters could take that same stick to and maybe apply it to something productive, like, I don't know, finding jobs, actually making their city better. But uh, if you're not really keyed into independent media or following this whole situation on social media, there's a good chance that you haven't heard of the rioting in Portland at all. And that's because there seems to be a concerted a concerted effort by the left to either ignore it entirely, pretend it's not happening, or try to paint it as just peaceful protesting. Not a big deal. Nothing to see here. And actually, we have an example of that from one David Hogg. Remember David Hogg? He was that uh, Florida shooting kid slash activist. Well, he's still around in case you didn't know, still kicking it. But uh, he's gotten even more insufferable since he got admitted to Harvard, if that's even possible. But we have one of his posts here. He says, these are the radical anarchists that Republicans say we need to fear. Moms protecting peaceful protesters from the secret police singing, hands up, please don't shoot me as a lullaby. And included with this post is a video. So before I get into anything else having to do with this video, am I the only one who kind of feels like it's it's really a joke to pretend we all still care about coronavirus while simultaneously just seeing these protests with thousands of people out there? Because I mean, yeah, some are wearing masks, but like social distancing just out the window at this point. Like, are we really actually debating whether people can go to restaurants while there are people huddled together in the street? Like, it's... I don't know, it just seems like a whole bunch of nonsense to me. But yeah, so if, if you haven't been following the situation, there are some people out there uh, who have put on yellow shirts instead of Antifa stereotypical black shirts and are calling themselves like moms against the police or something like that. And according to David, like these, these sweet moms, they're just out there in Portland, you know, singing, chanting, trying to protect people from the fascist regime. Nothing to worry about, right? Well, I wouldn't be so sure of this. According to Andino, who is, I mean, 
very familiar with Antifa, specifically Antifa in Portland. He wrote this, I recognize a lot of the so-called moms as the same Antifa women who dressed in black as recent as a couple days ago. They just put on a yellow shirt now for optics. Most of these people aren't mothers and many don't even identify as female hashtag Portland riots. Now, regardless of how much you trust Andy, no, you got to admit, it seems suspicious to have that many moms or female identifying people in Portland, right? I'm not the only one who, who's probably raising their eyebrows at that. And, you know, the idea that even this group of lovely moms is entirely peaceful. I don't know if what's happening on the ground backs that up. We also have this photograph here saying moms for dead cops. Gee, it's, it's almost like having birthed someone doesn't make you a automatic moral force for good. Uh, but we have a lot more to talk about when it comes to Portland. Before we carry on, though, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, NetSuite, who has been supporting the show for a while. So a huge thank you to them. But America is ready to get back to work. But to win in the new economy, you need every single advantage to succeed. And smart companies run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. With NetSuite, you'll have visibility and control over your financial HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place. Whether you're doing thousands or hundreds of millions in sales, NetSuite lets you manage every penny with precision. And seeing as how the economy isn't doing so hot for a lot of people right now, now is the perfect time to optimize your finances. You'll have the agility to compete with anyone, to work from anywhere, and run your whole company right from your phone. So join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to make it happen. And right now, if you go, you can receive your free guide seven actions businesses need to take now and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash lauren again get your free guide and schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash lauren that's netsuite.com slash lauren so they know that our show is the one that sent you over there all right, so in addition to the moms against cops in Portland maybe not being so nice, we also have a lot of instances of just general violence happening, right? Uh, we you have a montage of clips here for you that include a fire being set outside H&M. What H&M ever did to these hipsters, I do not know. As well as some people just being assaulted by Antifa wearing black masks. If this looks like the type of town you want to live in, then we have very different ideas of what prosperity looks like. Burning buildings, random people getting socked in the face by masked assaulters. If that doesn't scream prosperity, then I don't know what does. And it, it's interesting because it's always liberal cities that we see this happening to, right? There's an important lesson there, but I mean, in addition to this, the general chaos, Antifa, it seems, have also made it a point to try and capture a federal courthouse in the city, I suppose because it represents, you know, it's tied to the federal government, which is led by Trump and Orange Man Bad. You guys know the drill by now, but recently, federal law enforcement officers were actually deployed to try to take back the building, and it, it seems maybe just try to fight off the rioters since it seems like local officials have no interest in doing that. And those two groups, Antifa and the federal law enforcement officers, they have been clashing violently and clips are circulating widely on social media. We have a few for you right here.
I just want to take this opportunity to ask, how did this happen? I mean, Portland, it used to be a great city, right? A rich, affluent city. But it seems like now every single time Portland is is in the news, it's because of stuff like this. It's because of people being beaten, buildings being set on fire, riots happening. How how does this happen? And what I'm so confused about is why don't these local officials do anything, right? I mean, because I'm, I'm guessing they have some sort of ideological connection to these rioters, right? They're far left. The the rioters are far left. They can be happy, happy together. But I really feel bad for the average everyday citizens in these towns, in these cities who essentially have no one they can turn to right now. No one who is defending them or, or sticking up for them, except for these federal law enforcement officers. And I just, when you look at this footage, you, you would be completely forgiven and understood if you were to assume it was somewhere like, I don't know, Mogadishu, right? Because it, it just doesn't look like a developed country where there is rule of law. And honestly, I think this helped, helps Trump more than anything, right? Because I think people see footage of what's happening in Chicago or Portland or even just San Francisco broadly, not even just the riots, just San Francisco in general. And they don't want where they live to turn into that. But that this always seems to happen when Democrats are left in charge unchallenged for long periods of time. But imagine living there. I, I just can't. And what's what's really funny is that now that it looks like there's finally at least some attempt to take back control of these cities, we have people calling these federal law enforcement officers, I mean, pretty much Nazis, right? Secret police, Gestapo, I've heard it all. We have some posts exemplifying that right here. A worried citizen says, raise your hand if you refuse to let the fascist secret police take over your neighborhood. Okay, fascist secret police are bad, but I mean, A, I'm pretty sure having Antifa thugs and rioters take over your neighborhood isn't too good either, which kind of looks like it was the other option. And B, how, how are they secret police? I don't know about you folks, but in every single clip, it seems like the federal law enforcement officers are pretty clearly marked, right? You can tell exactly who they are based on what they're wearing. They have police written on their vest. I don't think secret police means what these people think it does. And there's nothing fascist about saying, hey guys, maybe don't beat up random people, start setting buildings on fire and, uh, you know, attempt to capture courthouses. Like, that that's not fascism. That's just rule of law, which I now realize might be a foreign concept in places like Portland and Seattle. But the rest of us, we're okay with that. We're okay with living in a democracy with that. Maybe you should join us over here. Next, Wes Clark says, now America has secret police deployed against the wishes of local government, exclamation point. No names, no badges, look like military. One of the worst offenses against our democracy in American history. Please, America, turn this back. All right. So right there, even within that own tweet, we see the cognitive dissonance. You can't say that they're secret police, but also they look like military. Wait, so are they secret police? Kind of like unmarked, undercover, or are they clearly people who are looking to tackle these rioters and are wearing the appropriate gear, right? You can't have it both ways. And it's interesting because for people who complain a lot about the militarization of the police, they seem really keen to try to wage guerrilla warfare against the police, right? And I'm not for militarization of the police either, but at the same time, when you actually wage war against law enforcement like these people are doing, it's kind of unfair to expect law enforcement to then 
either do nothing or try to counter you without the prop the appropriate gear because guess what these law enforcement officers they didn't really sign up to get beaten up by skinny hippies in portland right they deserve to be protected and actually uh, just the other day, we had a White House representative, uh, Mark Morgan, shut down the idea that there is anything resembling secret police. Uh, he really did a great job of it. We have a clip here. This is the identif identification every single one of them has on their uniform. And this is a baseline. This is a baseline. I wanted to bring a real live version. This is what they're wearing. Deputy uh, Director Klein said he doesn't have his officers wear name tags because they're being doxxed. That's exactly right. That's another thing that's absolutely disgusting. So they're not only jeopardizing the lives of the agents, but they're also jeopardizing the lives of their families as they're putting out their home information and they're suggesting that individuals go to their homes. So since this whole thing has happened with the feds being deployed, several other mayors of leftist cities have come out and said, no, Trump, please don't bring the feds here. Leave us alone. You're a, you're a tyrant. But it's like, if you don't want federal law enforcement officers in your city, then don't lose control of your city to ravenous leftist mobs, right? It's pretty It's pretty simple because I think if there is a legitimate reason for government to exist, it is to protect the safety and the rights, including property rights of its citizens, right? And it's funny because it seems like these people love government to do any little thing except actually protect people from getting punched or beaten up or stolen from from Antifa. And like I said, I mean, just keep at it because I swear this type of thing, it plays amazingly for Trump's campaign, especially with Biden either ignoring or endorsing this kind of behavior. Look, Twitter is not real life. And even though these, these people might have a lot of support online, the average American does not want to see this happen in their own neighborhoods. And I think in November, we're going to we're gonna see the result of that. But next up, we have a piece about Tucker Carlson. So it is no secret that I am a huge fan of Tucker Carlson. So going into this segment, I just, I'll say I am nothing even close to impartial. I love me some Tucker. And now he's being accused of... Well, I mean, essentially nothing, but even then, I don't like people smearing him for what I think are clearly ideological or, uh, you know, money-driven reasons. But we have this piece here from The Independent that kind of explains this whole situation that's going on with a new lawsuit. So as they write, a former Fox News host has been accused of rape in a lawsuit that also accuses some of the broadcaster's biggest names, including key allies of Donald Trump, I love how they throw that in there, of sexual harassment. In a lawsuit filed on Monday in New York, Jennifer Eckhart, a former producer at the network, accused Ed Henry of rape and sexual harassment. Mr. Henry was fired earlier this month over claims of sexual misconduct. In the same suit, reporter Kathy Aru, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, accuses Mr. Henry and Fox News hosts Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Howard Kurtz, and contributor Gianno Caldwell of sexual harassment. Fox News denies Ms. Aru's allegations and said in a statement that both plaintiffs can pursue their cases against Mr. Henry directly with him as he is no longer employed by the network. All right, so just so we're, we're clear on what exactly is happening right now, there is a civil suit. So these aren't criminal charges or anything. This is a civil lawsuit being filed by two different people, uh, Kathy Aru, 
Drew and Jennifer Eckhart against Fox News as a whole based on the conduct of some of their employees. Now, it kind of seems to me, based off what I've read, that the claims that Jennifer Eckhart has against Ed Henry are a lot more substantial than anything Kathy Aru has to say, right? Uh, it seems like Ed Henry does admit that there was at least some sort of sexual relationship between himself and Miss Eckhart. She alleges that it was improper and rape. I think he is saying it was all consensual. Regardless, he is no longer with Fox News, so anything they have going on, I think it could be settled separately. But I want to talk in this in this segment about what Kathy Aru is alleging against some of the Fox hosts, because it really is it's, it's, it's quite ridiculous. This is what the article says. In addition to Mr. Henry's alleged misconduct, the suit claims Miss Aru was subjected to a misogynistic incident on set by Mr. Hannity in which he offered $100 for a member of the crew to go on a date with her. When she didn't, quote, play along, she was rarely invited back to appear on his show, The Suit Alleges. All right, so if you look at the suit more, uh, Eckhart is alleging things like violent sex and rape that happened on behalf of Ed Henry. And here we have... Kathy Aru saying, uh, Sean Hannity said that he would pay a, a staff member $100 to go out on a date with me. It seems strange to me to even include these two allegations like together. And if I were Eckhart, I would not want Kathy Aru anywhere near my own suit because I feel like it cheapens it, right? Like one of these things is potentially very serious. The other thing, even if it did happen exactly as she said, doesn't seem like a big deal at all to me. And uh, this is what Fox had to say about this. In a statement, Fox News denied all of Miss Aru's allegations, saying, based on the findings of a comprehensive independent investigation conducted by an outside law firm, including interviews with numerous eyewitnesses, we have determined that all of Kathy Aru's claims against Fox News, including its management as well as its hosts, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Howard Kurtz, and its contributor, John Caldwell, are false, patently frivolous, and utterly devoid of any merit. So when it came to Ed Henry, Fox actually did fire him, but based on the things Kathy Rue was saying about the other people, they're like, uh-uh, this doesn't seem legit. And we can really understand why when we look into what she has to say about Tucker Carlson specifically, this made me laugh. When I, when I, there was all this buildup about this lawsuit and I actually heard what she was accusing Tucker of. I laughed, and I'm sure you will too. So this is a different article from CNBC. It says, After a December 2018 appearance by Aru on Carlson's show, according to the suit, the host told her he was going to the network's annual Christmas party, but would only be staying for a, quote, quick appearance. Following the show, Mr. Carlson, hardly making any effort to hide his intentions, began telling Miss Aru that he would be alone in New York City that night and specifically said that he would be staying alone in his hotel room without any wife or kids, the suit said. Without question, Mr. Carlson was probing to see whether Miss Aru was interested in a sexual relationship. Miss Aru awkwardly sidestepped Mr. Carlson's advances and declined to spend the night at his hotel. What? Like, what? So, so even if we believe that things happen exactly like she's saying they did, the incident in question was Tucker Carlson saying, I'm just going to make a quick appearance at the, you know, office Christmas party. I'm alone right now in New York City. My family isn't with me. Is, is that sexual harassment?
announcement because it kind of doesn't seem like it. It seems like just normal conversation you would have with a, a coworker. And there are people out there that say things like, oh, everything is taken as sexual harassment by feminists, you know. And sometimes I think that can be hyperbole. But, but this, this is kind of backing up those types of claims, right? I mean, merely stating that your family isn't with you, like, that is not sexual harassment. You would need to make interstellar leaps to believe that it was. And uh, as kind of like proof or, I don't know, backup to assert that this was improper. The suit also says Mr. Carlson promptly retaliated against Ms. Aru, who is featured on his show only three times in 2019 and has not appeared once in 2020. Okay, so they're saying that not only did Tucker Carlson try to hit on this lady and bring her back to his hotel room, but he was so distraught of, uh, I guess, her saying no to him that he only had her three times on his show after that. I mean, you're, but you were still on his show after that. So it, it doesn't even make sense. Why would he only have you on a little bit after being rejected by you if he was that mad? Why wouldn't he just cut ties entirely? Seems like that is more what would happen. But if you're not familiar with who this Kathy Aru person is, uh, she, she did this whole segment on Tucker Carlson where she would be the liberal Sherpa, i.e. she would be our eyes into progressive madness because she is a raging leftist despite, you know, being with Fox News. She has nothing ideologically in common with Tucker Carlson. Here is one of my all-time favorite appearances she ever did where she talks about how babies need to give consent in order to have their diapers changed. I'm not kidding. This is full on what this lady believes. We have a clip here. Well, the idea isn't exactly the baby's not exactly going to say yes or no, but she's saying give the baby a few moments, talk to the baby, say, is it okay? I'm going to change your nappy because she's Australian, so that's how they um, say diapers. Yes. Can I you change your say nappy? That's an American baby. I don't think the continue. American baby would understand, but it's actually yeah. just teaching um, consent, what consent is. It's teaching bodily autonomy. It's teaching, hey, um, I'm not going to touch your body if you don't want me to. It's just like talking to a baby about anything. Mommy loves you. Daddy loves you. So people talk to babies right. all the time. So why wouldn't the concept of talking to a baby while doing something so serious as, you know, um, changing a diaper be so ridiculous? So maybe, I mean, I don't know, maybe this interaction actually did happen and Aru genu genu genuinely thinks that Tucker Carlson was coming on to her because if she is the type of person who thinks that something like changing a diaper could even be remotely considered like sexual, maybe in her mind, merely talking about where your hotel is or who's staying with you or not. Maybe that is like super, super sexual. I mean, either way, though, this seems like more of a her problem than a Tucker Carlson problem. And a lot of people are also saying that they think she's just out out here doing this for the money or for attention since she hasn't been on Tucker's show in a while because people have dug through some of her social media posts and things like that. And it does seem like, by all accounts, previously her and Tucker Carlson had a just fine and dandy working relationship. We have this post from 2019 saying, thank you for your support replying to someone. Yes, Tucker Carlson has always been polite to me. And even until recently, people have noted her uh, 
Twitter banner profile thing was a photo of her with Tucker Carlson, her appearing on the liberal Sherpa segment. So, I mean, if you really had this terrible relationship with this guy and he was coming on to you, being a creep and inappropriate, why would you prop him up like this and even on your own profile kind of highlight him? Just, it seems a little bit fishy. I think we are reaching a point where the whole concept of Me Too has gone too far. I absolutely think that people in positions of power don't have a carte blanche to do whatever they want with their employees. They definitely need to be held accountable if they're acting improperly. But I mean, A, not every little encounter is sexual harassment, and B, the burden of proof should always be on the accuser, right? Innocent until proven guilty. And I just think that the fact that this has gotten so much media attention and that there's even a lawyer out there willing to take this to court just goes to show, I mean, how lost this movement or this push for more transparency and accountability has become, uh, you know, I'm not gonna comment on the whole thing with Jennifer Eckhart, if that is the name, because I, I'm not familiar with the situation, but in terms of Kathy Aru, kind of seems like a load of bullcrap to me. But as always, I would love to know what you all think about all of, I mean, all of this. What's your opinion on what's happening in Portland? Should the feds crack down harder? Should they back off and leave Portland to its own devices? And uh, do you think Tucker Carlson dared to mention that his family wasn't with him uh, during the, the Christmas party? Let me know. But that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time.